now let's do something else that you're going to want to be a part of. You want to be a part of what the Lord's doing in the kingdom? Yeah. <laughs> like you're going to say no. <laughs> nah, I'd rather not. <laughs> so we're going to stand up one more time and we're going to read a passage of scripture and then we're going to see where the Lord takes us. We're moving in to the next parable, the parable of the weeds. It concerned Kevin a bit when I said this Sunday I will be teaching on weed and... <laughs> And he's going to have a whole different crowd when he comes back. That's all I'm saying. Another parable he put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the came to him and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Do you want us then? But he said, No, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, First gather together the tares and bind them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Father God, I thank you so much for the truth that you release over our lives every single time we open your word. Father, we know that your word is alive and active and that it's sharp and it can divide us, Father God, in our spirits and souls. So Father, that's what I'm asking today is that your word would do the work. You said, Lord, that your word never returns void unto you, but it always accomplishes what you send it to do. You also tell us, Father, that you always finish what you start. So Father, I pray for a work to begin with your truth today. Let it finish at your hand. Let my stuff fall and be forgotten and let yours stand. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, I could not help but get a little bit excited about this passage of scripture because as I read about wheat fields and I read about um, the tares and the wheat, I am reminded so much of my, uh, my papa's farm. I grew up living with my grandmother for many years and we had a farm. My papa had a lot of acreage and most of that would be tilled and farmed and um, we would plant pretty much everything. We had potatoes and corn and tomatoes and squash and watermelon. You're hungry now, aren't you? It's like, stop talking about food. This is second gathering. Um, but we would work and we would go out into those fields and we would work. And so I was reminded of this and I was thinking, you know, he had a big old tractor and he had a bed on the back of the tractor and we would all get on that trailer and he'd take us across into the field on planting days. So much work went into that. And he would take the tractor and he would plow, but it would never break up all of the big dirt clods and all of the mess sometimes. And so our job is we would go behind him and we would get literally in the dirt and we would break up those dirt clods with our hands. Or if we found rocks, we would toss the rocks out and, and just help work that field. And, and it was wonderful to me because I was such a tomboy and I loved being outside and I loved getting in the dirt. I would be like, boy, has she changed? Um, 
and I would leave the fields and I would be like exhausted, but the happiest I could possibly be, covered from head to toe in dirt and mess because I loved doing that. I loved being a part of planting something. And I thought, oh, I just wish I had a picture of me coming out of that field so that y'all would understand. And I don't have one of those, but I do have one of my grandson that is a pretty good indication <laughs> this is Jeremiah Gray. When Jeremiah was, bo- uh, before he was born, when Rachel was pregnant, uh, my middle son is Matthew, and this is his uh, third, son, third child. And Rachel was pregnant, and the Lord called Matthew away for a time of study and consecration, much like Pastor Kevin is on now. And while he was away, the Lord gave him the name Jeremiah Gray for this kiddo. And told him some things about him and about his life. There's calling on him. Anyway, um, so I saw this. And when I saw this, I was reminded of something. I haven't given the Lord glory. I haven't given you a testimony of the goodness of God regarding Jeremiah. And I actually uh, talked to his parents and made sure it was cool with them for me to share it. When I saw this, I just thought, God, you are so faithful. Because... If you'll go to the second picture. Hey, I promise these kids have nice clothes. (laughs) Before anybody calls DCS, I want you to know that their parents take very good care of them. They're just building a house up on the side of a mountain. And so the kids were with them playing in the dirt and, and making the mess. And so they sent me this picture. This was June 17th. And when I saw the picture, as grandmothers do, I all of a sudden zoom in Can you give me the neck? Look at Jeremiah's neck. Playing on June 17th, Jeremiah got his neck caught in a rope. And if not for the goodness of God, if not for the goodness of God, that little guy wouldn't be here anymore. And I just want to go, God, you are so faithful. His sister loosened the rope, got him out, and you look at that little face, and it's as if nothing ever happened. And I want you to know that's what God does with the hard places in your life. The things that have happened to you that should have taken you out, the things that have hurt you and taken you down, I want you to know God can make it as if, just as if it had never happened. He can bring joy back into your life. But just for a moment, I needed you to know that I serve a God who is so good. I serve a God who is so faithful. You can take that little face down. (laughs) So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Guys, please be mindful when the Lord does something in your life. Tell others. Tell others. We come in here and we say, I will sing of the goodness of God. And we do in here. But when we are out there, We need to be going, do you know what my God has done? So anyway, that was free. That was free. Although I may charge Pastor Wayne a piece of chocolate for that. Okay, let's get into the word. Do you have your Bible with you? Everybody holds up their phone. What is wrong with you people? Don't you know God only speaks on paper? No, just kidding. (laughs) Okay, this passage of scripture, it says, 
The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. This passage we just read, if you go over a couple more passages, it explains the whole thing to you because I love that his disciples sat and heard this teaching, but they waited until they were away with him to go, hey, we didn't understand (laughs) anything you just said. We do that with Kevin sometimes, but... Can you explain that to us a little bit more? And he begins to explain that the good seed that was sown was the children of God. Children, sons and daughters of the kingdom and that have been sown in the earth. And he goes on to explain that the evil one was the enemy who we, we assume it was. And that his seed that he planted in the field are the sons of the evil one. And uh, he goes on to explain that the reapers at the end are the angels that he will send forward at the time of the harvest to separate the wheat and the tares. And so if you want to study that, a little bit more, just go over a couple of passages and do that. But we're going to start at the beginning here and just share the word a bit. Man who sowed good seed in his field. There's no indictment here. Did you know that God has given every single one of you seed to sow in the field? You are seed and you have seed to sow. Wherever you are, whatever field he's planted you in, if you are in Beyond Gravy, if you are in Journeys, if you are in Grisham Designs, whatever place he has planted you, you are good seed in that area. And you are called to plant good seed in that area. I think it's interesting when he says the enemy came while they were sleeping and sowed seed into the field. At first, me being who I am um, and analyzing things a little bit too much, I thought, well, how dare they sleep? What do you mean? That's why the enemy was able to come in and do that. They were sleeping They just worked the whole field. (laughs) It's like, I know what that feels like to work all day in a field. They were doing exactly what they were supposed to do. They were resting after the work. And, And the enemy does what the enemy does. He loves darkness. He doesn't come and do these things in light. He loves to work under cover of darkness because he's deceptive. And so he came and he sowed seed in with that. And the servants come and they tell the owner of the field, hey, well, what's interesting is the people in the field don't notice it until it starts to spring up. This is the coolest thing, guys. I did a little bit of research for you so you don't have to. Um, But the plant that they think that was used there when when referring to the wheat and the tares, they think the tares is something called... um, Lolium timumentum, and it's called bearded darnel. And it's a wheat that was prominent, or it's a weed that was prominent in those days. And that particular weed, the interesting thing about it is that the seed looks almost identical. And the shoot is almost identical. And if you put them side by side, unless you are an absolute expert, I, I was looking at some of the pictures, I was like, this is crazy, because it looks identical. And the kicker in it, well, 
This particular bearded Darnell is also an intoxicant. Its name actually means drunkenness. <laughs> and I was thinking, you know, back in those days, it actually became illegal. You couldn't grow it in your fields because of its intoxicating nature. And people would grow it and they would use it like to enhance their wine or enhance the ale that they had. And it actually became illegal to plant it. But the interesting thing about it to me was you cannot tell the difference unless you're an expert until both mature. And I think sometimes, sometimes you can't tell the difference until you mature. And our calling on this planet, I believe, is to love and serve the Lord and to mature in our faith so that that maturity begins to be revelation, not only in our lives, but in the lives of those around us. I think it's very cool. We all have this tendency to pay attention to other people's fields. I love that um, his workers come and they tell the owner, someone has sown this into your field. And I love that they go, um, actually they open with, they say, sir, did you sow good seed into this field? Don't you know that the number one goal of the enemy is to discredit and dishonor the owner of the field. Don't you know if he can call into question or cause people to call into question the integrity of our God, if he can cause people to call into question or bring dishonor or disrepute to this God that we serve, that is the goal. And the very first thing of these servants who knew him, who knew him was to question, did you not sow good seed? I think sometimes, I think sometimes the good seed um, can even bring dishonor and cause people to question the Father. I think the enemy loves to take godly people and make them do things that make people think they, surely they don't serve that God. And I think that the Lord is calling us to mature in our faith, to mature in our faith and to grow in our faith so that we don't call his reputation into question. What do I, what do I mean by that? Lord Jesus, help me. I really want Kevin to have a church when he comes back, Lord. <laughs> when you make a commitment to the Lord, when you give your life to him, when you get baptized, when you make a public proclamation that you belong to him, I want you to know people are watching. I want you to know people are paying attention. And here's my struggle. And, I, and those of you who've been here long enough know my struggle. Never have I ever been perfect. Never have you ever been perfect. All of us struggle. All of us have battles. All of us have sin issues. But my problem is that we're not maturing to the point that habitual sin is no longer a part of our lives. We have taught so much. Now listen, I lived on this end of the pendulum 
Growing up in my dad's church, 99.9% will not get you into heaven. That's what he would say. And 99.9%, this is your father teaching this. 99.9% will not get you into heaven. Be therefore perfect, even as your father in heaven is perfect. And I remember, now I know that that word means mature, but back then I didn't. And I remember sitting on the front pew going, God, I am going to hell because I'm I'm shooting a 42.7% percent right now, Lord. I am not going to make it to the 99.9. We're in big trouble here. But here's the thing. Then I found out about the love and the mercy and the grace of God. And somehow that released in me the ability to go and do anything I wanted to do and just ask for forgiveness. That wasn't right either. But then the Lord began to go, this is the truth. I'm doing a work and you see the scripture that I read, the passages that I read tell me to come out from among them. The passages that I read in Joshua says, consecrate yourselves today for tomorrow. I will do amazing things among you. Part of the issue we have is we want him to do amazing things, but we want nothing to do with consecrating our lives. We want nothing to do with setting it apart for his purposes. We see consecration as being set apart from when consecration is actually being set apart for. You are being set apart for something. And one of the things that you are set apart for is to bring honor, not dishonor, to his name. Honor to his name. And so if I make a a cheap and a grace, I I don't like that phrase, but if I decide God is going to forgive me, so I'm going here again Saturday night, I'm going to do this because I'll go to church Sunday morning and I'll ask for forgiveness. Guys, you're not fooling anybody. I did it for years. And I would go in and I was like, Pastor Ronnie would say, I would go get saved every week. You know, you go and and you're, but at some point in time, we have to become doers of the word and not just hearers only. At some point in time, when God says drunkenness is bad, we need to stop being drunk. If God says don't harm others, we need to stop harming others. There's a maturity that God is calling us to in the body of Christ to get beyond the milk and to move into the meat of doing the word. Everybody wants to come to a conference on the book of Revelations or what my calling is in life. Your calling in life is to honor the Lord, live a life worthy of the calling he has called you to, and to love the people that he brings into your path and point them toward Christ. It's pretty simple, you know, the things that we are called to do because that's what God does. So anyway, I love that the people come and they said, did you not sow good seed in the field? You know, there are tears out there. And then they did what we love to do. Would you like me to take care of that for you? (laughs) I'll go uproot them for you there, farmer guy. I'll go take care of their issues. And we don't see our own issues. You know, I love the grace and the mercy of the Lord because Let me tell you something, growing up on the farm, every single day was go pull the weeds. (laughs) Every day you went out and you pulled the weeds. That's what you did. That was our assignment. Have a bowl of cereal, go pull the weeds. You know, that was what we were, only in the kingdom, only in the church, only in this calling do we see the mercy and grace that it takes for God to go No, leave them alone. 
let them mature, let them grow together. Now, see, we heard a few weeks ago about how weeds can entangle us and how they can entangle the roots of a real plant and, or a genuine plant and cause issues. I was thinking about this passage when it says, when God says, don't pull them up, let them mature together. Because see, as I said before, the revelation is in the maturing. The revelation is in the maturing. If you are growing up in the, and doing the things that God has called you to do and being transformed more and more into the image of Christ, by the time you are mature, you know, these two, these two weeds, when wheat matures, it becomes more and more full and golden, just golden. This other weed, this bearded Darnell, it's literally called uh, wheat's evil twin. Only when it begins to get tall does it turn darker and darker and darker to the point that now you can look across the field and you've got golden wheat and you've got dark wheat that's sharp and pointy and uninviting. But if we don't mature, if we don't grow, if we stay stunted, if we stay where we are and don't allow the Lord to, to grow us up, then that revelation doesn't come. Nowhere does it say, then the wheat will point out the tares to the, to the farmer. No, it comes, the knowledge comes with the maturing of the wheat. Um, I wonder sometimes, I was talking about the grace and the mercy of the Lord. To me, when I read this passage of scripture, when he says, no, let them grow together, I see nothing but grace and mercy. And see, for many of us, that's where we would stop because we love the grace and the mercy of the Lord. And it is absolutely true. But if all I ever teach you, or if all we ever teach you is God is good, and he's loving, and he's kind, and he's merciful, and he's forgiving, then all I'm giving you is a profile God. I'm giving you one side of the picture. I'm giving you a picture of a loving God uh, that threw the rainbow up in the sky. And that's absolutely 100% true. But see, he's also the God that brought the flood. He is also the God who caused the rainbow to be necessary. And I want you to know that he is just and he is good and he is holy. And somehow we forget that he is holy and that he's called us to grow in him and not to continue in those things that bring dishonor to him and cause us. You know, sometimes I believe we, we are absolutely, absolutely called to engage the culture, but the culture isn't called to overtake us. And when he tells us that we are to mature with the, with the tares, that's so important. And, and guys, I tried, I really tried because I wanted to make, I wanted it all to make sense from the standpoint of my grandfather's field, you know, and I wanted it to make sense. And so I began to ask the Lord, when you get to this passage right here, When he said, no, because as you pull out the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let them grow together until the time of harvest. And at harvest, I will tell the reapers what to do. I don't know about you, but I have some entanglements with some of the tares. I have family members 
that I love with all of my heart. I have friends who haven't come to the knowledge of Christ yet, and I am entangled with them because I love them. And I kept thinking, Lord, it, if, if, if somebody starts pulling at them and hurting them, it's going to affect me. And if you can't bring people into this house that need the Lord because we're going to give them a hard time, it's going to hurt you too, you know, and, and you can't tell the difference. And I was just thinking, Lord, that we would be merciful and we would be kind, and, but that we wouldn't be overtaken, but we would be strong enough to grow to the point that they see it in us. Absolutely. Am I entangled? I do. I do. And I'm believing God for these people. And here's the thing that I couldn't make mesh until I was thinking and I was praying last night. I said, Lord, why would you leave the tares and the wheat? Well, first thing that he reminded me of was everything that the enemy intends for harm or for evil, he uses for good, right? And did you know that weeds in your field will actually soften the soil in your field? Do you know that weeds, the roots on weeds are stronger than the roots on the original plants? And so if you've got like really hard ground, sometimes weeds will actually go in and break up that ground. And I was thinking about that as it relates to us, because I believe sitting among tares and sitting among people who aren't necessarily living and believing and, and going where you're going, I think it is so good for us. It is so good for us because where we might want to judge, the Holy Spirit will go, no, soften that soil a little bit. Give an opportunity for me to do what I'm going to do. I think it keeps us honest. I think, it, I think it, there's something so messed up about us looking at somebody else who's messed up and judging it. Because you're a mess and I'm a mess. I have always trusted that it was God's grace and his mercy that was going to get me where I needed to go. And it has never been, as Pastor Ronnie says, you know, I've never been, I have, my opinion has never been changed by an argument on Facebook. Nothing in me has ever been changed by harsh direction by people who want to condemn me for what I'm doing or tell me how bad I've, I've been. But what I have been changed by is by the fragrance of God and somebody as they walked by. Man, when I left the Lord many years ago, I guess I was about 18 maybe. I had, very similar I guess to Pastor Ronnie, I had a few years where I lived among the tares a little bit more than I should have. And the guilt and the condemnation that I got from some people in my life did nothing but bring my walls up. But man, there was this young woman, and I have shared this with you before, but there was this young woman, Aaron was a baby by the time this time I came around. I was 20 years old and 21 years old, and her name was Diane. And she called me, and I had used to go to church with her, and she called me, she said, hey, can I just come and rock Aaron for a while? Can I just come rock him and spend some time with him? And I'm like, yes, please. <laughs> Young mamas, you know that feeling. Please, I don't, I don't even know who you are, but yes. <laughs> yeah, if you got a car, you can rock this baby. She would come and she would sit in my living room in the rocking chair with Aaron and she would sing to him. She would just sing hymns to him or choruses to him. And I would walk through and act like I wasn't hearing. But can I tell you something? 
The fragrance of God was all over her. The fragrance of the Holy Spirit just entered the room when she did. And as she would sing these simple songs to my child, my heart would just, I was just becoming a puddle. And all of those hard walls and all of those hard places that I had built up in my, in my spirit in order to allow myself to behave in ways that were not pleasing to the Lord, all of those walls just begin to crumble just because of the fragrance of God. And guys, you are called to be the fragrance of God. No matter who's sitting next to you, no matter what they bring into the room, you are called to mature and to bring about the fragrance of God, to show the mercy and the grace to him. Now that isn't going, that is not in any way going, hey brother, your sin is just fine with me. It is, did you know how good God is? Do you know how much he loves you? And allowing them to see the goodness of the Lord in and through you. Don't let it uproot. We are in a field of mercy and grace. I'm going to get the worship team to come on out. Pastor Kevin's heart is that we would be a church that is welcoming and kind to every person who walks through these doors. Every person, from homeless to a hilltop. And in order for us to get there, our hearts have to be right. And we have to be planted deep. And we have to be maturing in our faith. We have to be growing in the Lord, applying the principles and the things that the Lord has shown us so that we aren't sitting in judgment of others, but that we are allowing allowing the Lord to do the work in our life. That doesn't mean making excuses for anybody. I can tell you, you know, you can be, you can be sorry all day long for something that you've done. But I'm pretty sure it's 2 Corinthians that tells us that there's a godly sorrow that leads to repentance. And there's a worldly sorrow that leads to death. God is calling us to trust Him, to live lives that bring honor to Him to mature in our faith, to grow in the word, to deepen those roots, and to love the tares, to love the wheat. I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I know in my papa's form, there was no way, I, I, I don't know what this connection is here that, that you would leave the tares and the weeds in with the wheat until that time. I said, that doesn't make sense. I I understand that they can change the DNA on plants now. And I know that they can do a lot of things, but Lord, this doesn't make sense. I mean, because tares can't become wheat. Why would you leave them among the wheat? Tares can't become wheat. And I mean, just like that, the things begin to flow in my spirit. With God, all things are possible. He said, daughter, you're looking at things from a a physical standpoint. You're looking at things from a natural standpoint, but he's supernatural.
All things are possible with God. And he also said, um, you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away and the new has come. Behold, I do a new thing. Do you not perceive it and do you not know it? Only in the natural does a tear stay a tear. But in the supernatural, we are looking at potential wheat. We are looking at potential wheat if we will love them well and if we will mature and allow God to do the work that only He can do. Don't get caught up in revealing other people's messes. He didn't get caught up in mine. Knock, knock upon the door. May I come in? The question raised. I peered through the keyhole, instant the cry. Not him, it's cleaning day. I could not just let him stand there, so I opened up the door. The foyer's clean, I thought. He can come in this far, but nothing more. He stepped inside and I blocked the way and he gave a knowing look. He nodded toward the open room, and yes, that was all it took. Oh, what a mess. I cringed inside. Now what will he think? We made it past the living room. Oh, no, Lord, not the sink. <laughs> you know that that's my private mess. I even covered it, you see. He smiled that smile as if to say, child, it isn't hidden from me. Just when I thought I'd faint from shame, I felt his gentle hand. I looked into his loving eyes and I began to understand. I offered him my drink of praise from a chipped and faded cup. For he hadn't come to judge my mess, but to help me clean it up. You are divinely positioned not to judge but to help clean it up, just to love and bring truth and let God deal with the mess, amen? So we're gonna take just a moment. This isn't a necessarily a come to Jesus moment, but what it is is that let's stand up, let's worship him, let's tell him how good he is, and then you all get to beat the other churches to the restaurants. Father, I thank you so much for your truth and your life. I thank you, Father, that you say so much with so few words. I thank you, Lord, you are that magic Kennedy bu bullet that ricochets and hits so many places. You are a good God and you are faithful. Father, I pray that we would be good seed. I pray, Father, that we would love those that you bring us in contact with. We would plant well and trust you with the rest. In Jesus' name, amen. If some of the elders would come forward, if there are those who need prayer today, we'll be happy to pray for you and with you. But if not, can we just take a moment to worship him? When we were singing praise earlier, you know, the really happy praise song, 
There were some that I saw out in the aisles and there were some that I saw moving. And you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to go, guys, I know some of you dance more than this when you go out. (laughs) I know that you sing louder than this in your car. I know that you've got more in you to pour out for Him. And that's kind of my prayer for this time is that you would just pour out to Him. So Father, let those who need you in this moment, we ask that you fill this altar, Lord, with your anointing, with your covering. And Father, all of the prayers that are raised here, that are lifted here, I thank you that your ears are attentive to their needs. We bless you, Lord. Come if you need prayer.